0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Mel and Wally show. I'm Mel.
1: Bonjour, I'm Wally.
0: On this podcast, we talk about whatever the hell we want.
1: (laughs) Because we can. (laughs) Please enjoy, subscribe, like, and follow, do all the things. All right, welcome to a very special episode of the Mel and Wally show. Uh, We have a very special guest this episode. (laughs) I'm ready. The special guest this episode is Kristen Bones. How are you, Kristen?
2: I'm excellent. Hot, but good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, How did your run go? It was so hot today, man. I was gonna try to go farther than five, and I cut it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I can imagine. Um, oh, yeah. I yeah. barely ever run, mm-hmm. so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm asthmatic, I, I, so running. It's, oh, running in the heat is brutal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: but I love it.
1: And you said sorry. Ooh. Yes, did you have asthma?
2: Yeah, I'm severely asthmatic.
1: Oh, that must be even more difficult.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, you train yourself. I've run yeah four yeah. or five half marathons now. Oh
1: wow.
2: Yeah.
1: That's, that's how
0: many I've done before my knee started like thing up and dying on me. So Yeah. That's I nice. miss it so much. Now I can do I can do like a five K, but I can't do the half
2: marathons anymore. It's so sad.
1: How long are yeah. half marathons?
2: 21.1 kilometers.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so much fun, Wally.
0: What, so how long are full fun.
1: marathons then?
2: 42.2.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't.
2: I'm going to do one next year.
1: Oh. like my waist size.
2: Only. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unless I'm in drag, then I'm very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so I think we should get into some uh, not so fun topics. Um, Kristen's doing a 38 day challenge um, for her mom who passed away 38 when she was 38 um, from a drunk driving accident, and she wasn't the one that was drunk, so it was very horrible. I can imagine. Um, do you mind going into like how like like how you heard about it and what happened when you found yes. out? Yes
2: so it was uh on june 30th was the last day that i spoke with her um i always made sure i called her in the morning before when she got to work uh at the in the afternoon when i got home from school and before she left for work so mm-hmm. i had called her to say goodbye we were gonna go there's a a festival in windsor called the freedom fest mm-hmm. yeah and it's to celebrate uh July 1st, Canada Day, and I was going to go with her and her boyfriend, but I decided, no, I was going to go with my friends. So we went and I uh, slept over at my friend's house. And I remember, uh, I, 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 I just, I remember laying there and people trying to wake me up and I'm not a morning person and I was getting mad. And then I remember looking at everybody and my three girlfriends who were, in one bed, I was on the floor. They were just looking at me and everybody was looking at me and said, your mother was killed. And I said to them, no, she wasn't. And I didn't believe them until I looked at my best friend's dad, who was a farmer and he was Mm -hmm. crying and I knew that it was real. I don't remember leaving the house. I don't remember where I went after that. Uh, I Mm -hmm. think I went to my grandparents' house, but I just didn't want to believe it. The next day, on July 1st she was killed at 1250 a.m. Uh, it actually turns out her boyfriend was the one that was driving and he was drunk they lost control of the car it spun out and hit a concrete staircase and she died instantly so she didn't suffer they found him wandering outside of the car um, so what they did was they rushed into the hospital because he had a broken jaw So they didn't do a blood alcohol level on him because he had to go for emergency surgery. So two hours later, they did um, a blood test on him and found that he was just over at that point. So in the 80s, there was no, you know, you got caught, you got a slap on the wrist. So he got no jail time. Um, My family never spoke of it after that. Uh, My best Uh friend back home she even said to me it was never spoken of you were always told to be kept quiet about it Mm -hmm. so For thirty two years. I haven't really spoken about it. I've put it out there But this year I decided when I saw that woman that was killed in Brampton with her three daughters That's when it really hit me Uh, this has to stop a 20 year old gets in a car what are we teaching our children? What are we going to teach our children? That it's okay? You know, like it's, mm-hmm. We're teaching our children to be indestructible. I think we're teaching them to not have that compassion. We're teaching yeah. them that they're indestructible, that they can do anything and they're not going to be harmed. And mm-hmm. that's when I realized I have to stop this. This isn't going to be the only thing that I'm doing. So uh, today was the day of her funeral oh wow yeah that's 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 a rough day yeah i i didn't remember until a girlfriend of mine sent me the clippings and the newspaper clippings were all the crash is going to be investigated it's going to be investigated after the last clipping said that the crash is going to be investigated that was all that was ever spoken about it was never talked about again he never got jail time um I, my sister and I, about a year later called him and and forgave him. Um, I believed my mom raised us to forgive and you have to yeah. forgive. And I think that's also what I want to try to get out there that we hold so much anger in our hearts towards people. And I think the only healing process for you is to forgive and make a change and not to yeah. hold Grudges and anger towards those people. They have to live in their own jail for the rest of their life, knowing what they did. He has to wake up every morning for the rest of his entire life, knowing that he took a mother away from two girls. It's all we knew. We uh, we were moved from family member to family member for four, three years, and then I went on my own. Wow. So you were on your own at like fifteen. Yep. Or six. Wow. Fifteen. Yeah, which is crazy because you know you're you're a kid. You're 12 years old. You you've got everything you could. I've got a great mom, an awesome sister, amazing friends. I Mm -hmm. played sports. You had everything in front of you, you know, and it just all got taken away. Like two weeks after, I think it was two weeks after my mom died, we had to go into the house and pick what we wanted to keep. 12 years old, I wanted Mm -hmm. everything, you know. We I was mad at everybody everybody, you know, I, I just felt anger towards everyone, everyone that whispered about it or felt sorry for you. I got mad, you know, and it took me a very long time to realize that that anger was hurt. Yeah. So I just want to spread the word. I want, I don't want to raise money. It. I find that when people raise money and you ask for money, People just hand it to you and then that's all that's ever spoken about. They don't follow. They don't yeah. pay attention. When you start to raise awareness and you start to speak your story is when people start to realize. But it's yeah. got to stop. It has to stop, man.
1: Well, and that's like a, mm-hmm. a, an amazing like story. Like it's tragic, but it's like yeah. everything you've been through and like what you've done with your life afterwards is crazy like I can't even imagine going through that at such a young age um how long do you think after that were you like I guess able to be back to normal or do you think you ever were like how did you deal with all that did you go to therapy or anything like that
2: um I went I saw throughout my life eight therapists um mm -hmm. I I don't think you fully ever recover from that Mm
3: -hmm. I don't
2: think that your life ever goes back to the way that it was I think you make the life what you want it to be um I think it took me I'm going to be honest with you like from the age of 12 to 18 I did a lot of stuff I I was a big I became an alcoholic I did drugs I got mixed up with some of the wrong people and at 18 mm-hmm. years old, I had this epiphany where it was like, what am I doing? Like, is this what my mother would want me to do? Does she want me to be this? Or should I, like, be a voice? Should I be strong,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know? And I think at 18 years old was when I realized, like, I got to smarten up. I got to stop this. See, when, when I turned 18, uh, we got money from her death. Um, I got yeah. a lot of money from her death. And I spent it in a year and people yeah. thought I was crazy, but to me, I called it blood money. It was blood money from something that was someone that was taken away from me. I didn't want it,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, and yeah. at 18 years old, when you get that much money and you never had money, you just party. Yeah. <laughs> <And> I party. <laughs> mm-hmm. but I think as a mom now, um, And Melissa, I know you as a mom, I think that we need to teach our children at such a young age how important it is to not get high and drive, to not drink and drive. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I think we need to start, you know, when I heard it was that 20 year old kid that got in a car, like, come on, man. Yeah. Use your head. Understand the severity. It's not about your own life. It's about somebody else's life. Yeah. You know, like uh, that woman who had her children and her father killed years ago. I actually, I'm in one of the mom group.
3: Oh.
1: Oh. <laughs> <Mellie> first <laughs> it's want to <of> be coming. Photo. <laughs> <laughs> like an exorcist. Um. At, so when you were at like you got into drugs and alcohol yourself, you said were you ever like nervous that something like that could happen with you? Like if you were in the car, or did you ever you were you very safe with like not driving under the influence? No, at all? I
2: was stupid. I got into a car once, um, and a guy had been drinking. I honestly I didn't know, and we were at uh, the Kinmount Fair, and we got pulled over by the OPP, and he blew just over. Mm-hmm. Um, where they suspended his license for 24 hours and We had to walk back and and I thought Like I got really mad because mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that he was drinking. I wasn't walking around the fair with him and I remember I had asked him if he had anything to drink and he said he had a beer so that was the You know, that was a a real Shocker to me knowing that I got into a car. Mm-hmm. And somebody was drinking and the OPP pulled them over. But then I thought he just got caught for drinking and driving and you took his license away for 24 hours and he got it back.
3: Right. That's
2: not a lesson. No. You know, and Mm -hmm. I, I know that our laws need to be a stiffer penalty, but I may be the only one in the world. Is it really jail that they need?
3: Right.
2: Or is it rehabilitation? Because I think if you drink and you drive, you have, a problem. You have a medical issue that you don't realize that it's not okay. And I think putting Mm -hmm. people in jail, like that girl that was just recently, four years ago, she killed a cyclist. She got caught for drinking and driving, killed a cyclist, got four years in jail, spent half of that time in jail. And she just recently got caught again, driving intoxicated Uh without a license. So did that jail time change her life? It didn't. Right. No. So I think that we really need to step back and take a look at the law. Like my uncle back in the eighties, he got caught. I don't even know how many times he got caught drinking and driving. He got caught so many times and they just put him in rehab and he would get caught again and get caught again. I know a guy that got caught drinking and driving nine times. They took Uh his license away for 10 years. He should never get his license back again. Uh You know, how many times do you get caught before they make a change? Right. And it mm-hmm. seems like our government doesn't oh. want to push this law. They just want every it, the next person. Hey, guess what? We have another statistic. We have another statistic. This has to stop.
1: Yeah, well, that's like crazy that they don't take it as seriously. It's like you're they're not only affecting the lives of the person that is drinking and driving, but like literally anyone else on the road could be hurt, or yeah. even if they're like on the sidewalk potentially. If they drive, you know, it's just yeah. not. Uh, yeah, I can't. I have a lot of things that I need to like that are really near and dear to my heart that need to change about the laws and government. And that's like one of the biggest ones. Cause I just don't understand how you can allow someone to make a decision and basically ruin so many other lives and not just their own.
2: I won't even have one drink and get into a car. I I won't. And my son who's 12 years old, he won't, like he knows the importance of it Mm. at 12 years old. If at 12 years old, you understand it. How can a 20-year-old not understand it?
1: Right, And even no. older, like there's so many older people that like, it's not just a young person issue. You know what I mean? Like anyone can make that. Decision. I saw it.
2: I, we're up at a cottage and I saw it. They got into a car, into a truck with a baby.
1: You wow. Know?
2: And it's like, I feel that, okay. Like, and, and I'll be honest. I'm one of the people where I'm on the highway and think, wow, that person's drunk. Yeah. But you know, I'm going to call the authorities and what are they going to do? Right. You know, they need a specific. I don't know. I, I, it's like they need a specific number where you could call and they're on the highways like that. Right. You know,
1: because should, I think, think that's like, a good, great idea. They should be like patrol cars, like along the highways just in case. Um, yeah.
2: Cause if you, then you can call that number and say, I just saw this car, blah, blah, blah. License plate is this. They're, they're swerving in and out of the road. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of times where my boyfriend and I've been driving and he's like, Oh, you should, you should phone, you should phone. And I, and I say to him, but I'm going to phone and what? Give them their license number and then what's going to happen? Right. You yeah. know, you need to feel safe and secure on the roads. And I'll be honest with you. Every single time I get in the car, I always make sure I tell my son I love him. I always make sure I say goodbye just in case. Oh, Because you just never know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I said it to my mom every single day. I told her, bye. And I love you because in my heart, I think I knew that she wasn't going to be around forever. And I think it's important. It's so important. I tell my son that all the time, you know, and maybe it's a hard lesson for a 12 year old, but I just don't want him to make those stupid decisions, you know? Oh, for sure. I don't don't think, I mean,
1: I don't think it's like one of those lessons where you have to wait until they're a certain age. I think it's great to teach that kind yeah. of lesson at a young age because you never know when the kid is going like, to start experimenting or anything so you want to make sure that they're going to be safe
2: yeah because I started drinking at young young age so <laughs> um, um, yeah you know it's hard I, I look at my son this is a hard year for me and uh, my three girlfriends that were there when they were that you know I never realized that they were such a big part of it because they were there when they found out and one of her uh, my girlfriend's her daughter's 12 too so and the, the house that I found out, my mom, when I was in the house, when I my mom was killed, it just got torn down. So the four of us has just been super emotional. And, and having yeah. a 12-year-old myself, I look at my son every day and think, like, how did I do that right. at that yeah. age? I,
0: just, I was going to ask you, because I knew that he was
2: 12 or, like, around there. Yeah. Like, how is that for you now? Really hard. Like, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. it's it's harder for me when I was 38 when I turned 38 I'm 44 now I thought god I can't wait for this year just to pass right and yeah. it was hard but looking at my son who's 12 and you know thinking to myself my god like wow. I just can't imagine him not growing up without me yeah. And all I knew was my mom I didn't know anybody else I saw my dad twice a year you know mm-hmm. and we were moved there for three months and we had to leave. And then we moved with my grandparents for a year and a half and we had to leave. And then we moved with my aunt for a year and we had to leave. So it was, you know, all of a sudden this person who loved you yeah. was taken and you just didn't feel that love again. And that's what I miss. You know, you don't,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you don't get that mom hug. You don't, you don't get that where she was at the hospital when my son was born. Sorry, but it's, uh, you know, you, the other day, I never in my life did I ever feel this way. I just wanted to talk to her. You know, it's uh, it's one Mm -hmm. of the hardest things you've ever had to deal with in your life. And it, it does teach you though, to be strong and it teaches you to deal with what comes. And, The hard part, though, is that when somebody around me has lost somebody, I don't I don't know if I feel that compassion anymore. You know, you kind of lose it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't had a loss like yours, but I do understand that because I have lost a lot of people over the years, um, very close together and very Close family members, including my dad, and yeah. and now when other people lose somebody, I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, like, it's sad, but I don't have the same reaction as other people. No, and like, then I feel I, that, that I'm not reacting. Yeah, the way saying like,
2: because I know yeah. I say to people, why can't they just get over it? You know, like, come on, you knew it was gonna happen. Or right? if I know somebody knew that their family member was gonna die, well like just get over it you know like it, it's it's hard you you do have that feeling where you feel sad for them and and you know and you you wish that it didn't happen for them but it's not the feeling that you would normally have when you lose somebody close to you like your dad you know
1: yeah
2: um i, I, guess I just
3: it, like
1: kind of hardens you too to it like i, I have not lost yeah. anyone like extremely close to me so i like I, i'm also a cry baby so i like throughout this whole call i have been like crying randomly But I um I can't imagine that happening and like because I I, like I'm very much empathetic and I'm an empath. so I every time I hear someone losing anyone or getting like Mm -hmm. bullied or anything like that I like feel so strongly about it so I can't imagine not having that feeling like that must be crazy and like do you feel any guilt over that at all like not
2: I do like when I I'll be honest with you when um that Mizuno guy when he mm-hmm. killed that, that family, and, uh, you know, I, I feel bad. But I just kept thinking, like, why is she reacting that way? Why is she, you know, like, why is she so angry towards him? Why does she hate him so much? Look at me, he, he feels bad. Like, it's crazy that I want to protect
4: right. the
2: person that did it and not protect the victim. Mm -hmm. you know I want to believe I always want to believe that there's good in people and I always want to believe that they're for that they feel bad but you know I think it's just I I don't know and I felt bad feeling that way but it was I I just don't know why I felt that way towards that it's different my my attitude has changed towards it now 100 percent I just don't know if the, if jail time is what is going to fix it.
3: Right. You know,
2: I Mm -hmm. feel that people that have killed people in drinking and driving should be put into a facility where they have to do community service and be around the community and let them know. And it's almost Mm -hmm. like public shaming, you know, instead of, Oh, okay. You know what? We're going to put you in jail. You're going to get three square meals a day. You're going to have a nice, well, not a nice bed, but you're going to, you're going to have this facility, Mm -hmm. you know, where you can still watch TV. You can still do art if you like, or you can still read books, but that person that you took their family away, they are not going to get to do that anymore because you took that away from them. And those memories is what's going to trigger it.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. So is jail the right thing to do? I don't know. I don't know. But obviously what they're doing now is not working. Right. You know? And that's why I did this. It wasn't to raise money. It was to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe I can change one person that decides that they're not going to do it. And I know I've done something right.
3: Mm-hmm. But I
2: am determined. Like my a friend of mine um, was killed by a drunk driver a few years ago, Carla Groton. Uh, she had just gotten her hair done. She was very excited. She was going downtown to see her daughter's art show. And she was walking across the street, and the guy smoked her. And she flew, I think they said 17 feet. It was just before Christmas. She has a severely autistic son and a daughter, Haley. Um, and their world changed. Gone. She was gone. You know, she was like my age. She was a beautiful human being and Mm -hmm. she was just taken. He hit her and just kept driving and they arrested him down here. And that was at Birch Mountain, Kingston Road. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And he was so drunk that when he got out of the car, he couldn't even stand. And you know what? She became a statistic and because we don't talk about it anymore guess what? I have no idea what happened to that guy either, because it's not spoken about anymore. It's, you know, that yeah. woman who lost her life and her three beautiful children, what happened about it? It's not spoken about. Not mm-hmm. too many people even know about it. When mm-hmm. I talked to them about I it, I
1: didn't know about it until right now. Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? Because it's pushed under the rug in the eighties and the nineties. We were taught to not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Keep your mouth quiet. Don't speak about it. Well, it's changed now. We're in the 2000s and we need to speak about it. We need to yell about it. We need people to understand the severity of it.
1: Oh, for sure. hmm
2: I just don't get it. But I'm going to yeah. make a change. I'm determined. I'm going to make a change.
1: Yeah, MAD, Mad yeah. started in 19, the 1980s, which is, or MAD Canada started in 1989.
2: Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. though, they need to do a victims against drunk driving.
3: Okay. I
2: think I think that yeah. the, these times, t- calling it mothers against drunk driving, mm-hmm. I think we need to change it. I think it's the victims that need to change it. You know, we're victims. We don't want to be victims, but we are. I'm right. a victim of drinking and driving. Everyone that has had somebody that has been killed or injured in drinking and driving, they're victims. Mm-hmm. We're, we're silenced, you know, we need to start speaking. I belong to, um, there's this uh, group, I've never been to a meeting because I've never had enough nerve to go to a meeting because I just feel, well, my you know, I'm, mine isn't that important, you know, that's the way you think mm-hmm. about it. And I talked to this woman, Carolyn Swanson, Swanson, she's a beautiful woman, very nice, she does, meetings for people that are suffering from victims being a victim for drinking and driving um she's just an incredible human but going to a meeting and talking about it is great but it's not making a change right you know i think people need to be vocal Mm -hmm. about it get it out there you know and i think when people start to raise money you say oh i'm raising money for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. They say, "Yeah, here's ten dollars," and then right. they never hear about it. They don't want to think about it. But when you say, "I'm listen, I'm raising awareness," can you do this for me? All I want you to do is just post my post for thirty-eight right. days. I have yeah. people contacting me from other places that are like, "You know what? You're you've inspired me. I'm doing this. I'm doing that." My sister said there was only one negative comment so far, um, and it was a guy that did a drinking and driving commercial for Mad. And he made a comment that all I wanted, the reason why I hashtagged mad was just to get likes. Whatever. Well, it's you also like think- it's oh to, it's to, you
1: want the post to be seen for a reason.
2: Yeah, um, I'm not doing it for likes. Yeah. Or if I was doing it for likes, come on, like I'm doing this to raise awareness. And, and I said to my sister, you know, I wish I would have seen that because I wouldn't have been mad at his comment. I would have talked to him about it to say, listen, if this is what you think, this is not what I'm doing. The reason why I'm I'm hashtagging Mad Canada is because there's people on their websites that are victims, and I want mm. them to know that they're not the only one out there.
1: That's well, like it's the only thing against. that there is to hashtag against drunk driving. It's like what are you, yeah. I, It's like how else are you gonna get the thing out there? You
3: know?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like, also, if you can reach more victims by using that hashtag, then in a way you could help to empower other people yeah. to speak out about it who haven't spoken and are keeping quiet and living
2: with all of that hurt. Yeah, like that so. woman who lost her children. I, you know, I think about her a lot and I just, I, oh, it gives me goosebumps. I just cannot imagine. How she is surviving? Mm-hmm. How she is getting up every morning? The the man who just lost his wife and three daughters. How can you survive? Jen, I think her name is Jennifer. The the woman who lost her children. The first thing, I would love to sit down with her. The first thing she needs to learn to do is to forgive.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: When you learn to forgive, then you don't have that hurt in your heart. That you can start to move on. You know make a difference. Use that to your, to your benefit in making a difference. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say is let's just make a difference. You know, it's again, it's not about charity. It's not about raising money. It's not about likes. Mm -hmm. It's about raising that awareness and making a difference of people saying, wow, I can't believe you're sharing that story. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: it changes people's lives because they're always going to remember that, you know? For sure. so that's, that's what, like, what i'm here to do i feel that that's you know what i'm supposed to do and i'm just going to keep doing it until i know that i've made a change
1: yeah i when so, i was in high school yeah. i remember like um people coming like from mad like talking about their stories and stuff and like yeah. that like kind of was like oh i should i will never do this just because i was like i don't want to kill someone or you know or i don't want to be the yeah. reason that someone's life is ruined so there's something needs to happen where, like, that kind of a thing affects everyone. Because I am very easily like, <laughs> I will listen to something and I'm like, okay, that's not something that I would want to yeah. do. But there's a lot of people out there that, like, that lesson doesn't get through to them right away, especially if they, like, at that age haven't been through something like that. Or, I don't yeah. know.
2: My dream <laughs> is to go to schools and mm-hmm. talk about it. And, you know, people, I, I've been contacted twice. Um, I've been contacted twice and uh, to talk in the past years, but then they never went through with it. Mm -hmm. But it is my dream to go to schools to tell my story, to make a change. And I think it's important Mm -hmm. at high school age because, you know, they're heading off to university and it's Mm -hmm. a party and you're going to drink. And you know what? Don't get in that car. Mm -hmm. So if I can yeah. go to schools and talk about it, they remember, you know, they're drinking and they go to go in the car and I pop up in their mind. Yeah. Or my story pops up in their mind or Jennifer's or anybody's story, Carla's story pops up in their mind and think, no, you know what? I'm not going to. And they call a taxi yeah, or
1: call mm-hmm. me. I'll
2: come pick you up. Yeah. I don't care yeah. how far you are. No, it's you
1: know? like, it's not, I mean, yeah. it's really not difficult it's- to just not get into the car and have a different route exactly. of way to get yeah. home
2: it's especially in these days
1: yeah to avoid yeah like it's it's really infuriating Yep. Yeah. Yeah. look like, i and would rather TTC. get a yeah i'd rather TTC. get a ticket downtown and having my car parked there versus yeah. killing someone
2: ttc if i remember once i was downtown and i didn't want my friends were driving and i didn't want to get in the car and i had no money for a cab and i remember telling the ttc driver that my friends were driving and they were drinking and I wanted to get on the bus, but I didn't have money. And they just let me on. Yeah. You know, anybody Mm -hmm. will help you. Anybody. So it's, we have so many resources. Like I know, um, my boyfriend a few years ago, he, Uh, His friend's dad passed away. So he drove to the funeral and they went to their friend's house in the backyard and they all showed up and he was drinking. And this was in Ajax. He called me and said, can you take a cab up here? And I said, I don't have any money. In there, they had a ride share. So what they would do is you would call this number. They would drive over, pick you up in your car. One car would follow your car while the person would drive you home in your car drop the car off, you paid them like $20 or $30 mm-hmm. and they, they get into the car that followed you and go home.
1: Wow. That's amazing.
2: There's so many resources out there. Yeah. So many. And I don't understand, you know, do we have to raise the driving limit? Do we like, I, I just, you know, what is it? Cause I'm finding it's younger and younger.
1: Yeah. There's, I think mm-hmm. there might like that kind of a rideshare kind of a thing might like should be a bigger thing like it should be talked about more because uh, I feel like a lot of the times it might be that the person might be a freak, afraid to say something or be like okay. I don't want to be like oh dad I'm drunk you know what I mean because um, yeah. they might not have been allowed to be drunk or whatever the case may be but I
3: that's also I think a thing
1: that like parents and um, like anyone should be talking to their kids and uh, because yeah. like you want it to be like hey if you are ever in trouble you should be able to trust someone to tell them um, oh
3: yeah, and I think that's a big thing, yeah. especially with
1: like, um, like I'm Middle Eastern, so like with our culture, like if you're in trouble or going through something, you rarely talk about it, and it's like that shouldn't be the case. You should be able to freely be like, hey, I did this thing. I know it's stupid, but can you come help me? You know what I mean? Instead of for sure, like yeah, getting killed or killing someone. I don't know.
2: I tell pricey. my son all the time, all the time when you're old, like when you get older, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you've done. Call me. I will yeah. always, always be there. I will always come and get you. So, you know, the fact that I've been drilling that in his head for a few years now, Yeah. I I'm hoping, you know, cause I, I always say to him, you know, like I, you just don't ever know. You don't yeah. know what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Don't take those chances. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we have the same, like, strategy, at least when our kids are older, that it's yeah. just going to be, like, always come to us. Always. As, yeah.
2: It's important. He's, he tell, he tells me everything now,
3: yeah.
2: you know? Um, I just always tell him, don't ever hide anything from me. I'll never judge you. I will never be angry with you. I will mm-hmm. always be there to help you. And I think and that's and super think important
1: for kids to at a young age.
2: Yeah, especially with mm-hmm. the stresses of growing up. In these times,
3: yeah,
2: you know, in the peer pressure, I never let peer pressure get to me growing up. Yeah, um, I caused it for other people, I know <laughs> that,
3: <laughs> but yeah. I
2: would never force anybody to get into a car where the person mm-hmm. had been drinking. But in the 80s, it was everybody did it, you know, yeah, and well, nowadays, and
0: now, I owe people that are my age that mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. And like I have tried to say something to them and they don't listen. And yeah. it's to the point where I just like refuse to go into a car if they are the person
2: doing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I've called. I called I've called the police on friends.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I've seen mm-hmm. that they've gotten in the car and drove away. Um, They don't do anything, but at least I know that I've
3: did your best, done Doing what you can,
2: my part. Because you yeah. can call two to two tips, you know. And also, like now, I realized um, that if you do phone and they have the license plate number, you know, for all you know, they could go to their home. But I don't know how the police deal with it. I don't wow. understand the concept of it. I thought they had a specific. Um, division that dealt with that but i i don't really know how the authorities deal with it um i know police have been caught drinking and driving themselves i know police officers that were on duty that were drinking and driving so
3: wow
2: you know i i don't know i don't know but i would love to sit down with some politicians to say like let's let's do this let's change this
1: oh for sure i I think it's like Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, uh, because of my roommate who is a recovering addict, like there's alcoholism is a really big thing that to this day is still not enough, like talked about enough. And I think that that has a huge part in some of these situations, I feel like, especially with like the cops drinking while they're on the job, like that makes no sense to me. Um, So I think that needs to be talked about more and like drunk driving needs to like just not happen. There's so many ways to avoid it. Like I just don't understand. I
2: do agree with you with addiction. Um, Like I, I had a bad drinking problem at the age of 16. Um, I am, don't drink very often. I'll have one drink Mm -hmm. and you have to stop yourself. Um, But it is, it's an addiction. Like my uncle, he was shift work. He passed away from alcoholism. My grandfather passed away from alcoholism. Wow. My uncle, other uncle passed away from alcoholism. So it's in our family. Um, But my uncle, he had such a problem that when he was on shift work um, during lunchtime, he had a cooler in the back of his car and that would be his lunch. And then he would go back to work. Yeah. You know, and I do agree with you that addiction is not spoken enough about. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't make them bad people at all. all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem is people point and you know automatically say oh well that person's crazy they're addicted but right you know i was a bartender for a long time and i saw so much so much addiction uh Uh, you know the only thing i never let them do i always made sure that they weren't driving
3: Uh but
2: i felt Mm -hmm. you know that so many people feel they don't have anything in their life that that's what their life is is the bottle yeah you know yeah. And they lose all so, all sense, and all judgment when they get intoxicated like that. So I don't know, but I'm determined.
3: No, no that's amazing.
2: And I appreciate all of you, the support that you guys are giving me. It's incredible.
1: Oh, of course. Like you don't have to thank us for this. I this is, yeah.
2: saw, I saw that you
0: were doing this, and I was just like, I want to help you to kind of like. Spread the word, so hopefully this will get out to a few more people than like I you would appreciate have it. otherwise reached. Because I yeah. think it's such a good cause.
3: Mm-hmm. Thank you. That,
2: like needs to be spoken about. I agree. I I think uh, you know it's funny because my my I had just finished a forty four day challenge running challenge, and I thought oh, I really like this. What what can I do? And I was running up north, and all of a sudden my mom popped in my head, and I was like. That's it. For years, I've been trying to figure out a way to get the point across with drinking and driving. And I thought, oh, I should join MAD. And every time you have to do an interview, it just wasn't happening for me. And I thought, you know, nothing against Mothers Against Drunk Driving, but I don't want to do something where it's about money.
1: Right. It's
2: tough times right now for people. I don't want to ask people for money. That's not what this is about. It's not about money. It's not about this. It's just about awareness. Yeah. And that's where it it needs to be. You know, I live in an apartment building and I see addiction every day.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we just, one, need to let people know that are addicted to drugs and alcohol, that it's okay to speak about and get help. But it's the drinking and driving. It's mm-hmm. They just lose all concepts. Yeah. And I think that we really need to
3: get it out there at a young
2: age. Um, I think it's important to get it out there at a young age. I think high school age is the perfect age to start because they start talking about getting their licenses and stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep.
2: So um,
1: I think it might um, not even hurt to even start at like middle school age because that would like just yeah. get them to yeah. listen even earlier. Well,
2: I, I remember being in middle school and having um, students against drugs sad mm-hmm. coming into our school and talking to us about drugs and they stopped doing that
1: yeah which my I, son
2: is is going yeah. into grade seven he's never been spoken to about that why
1: which is crazy yeah
2: like
1: i think a lot of
2: it quiet?
0: like
1: i think a lot of parents and people out there might think that it's like <sighs> the exposure might make them want to try it more but i'm like no kids are going to okay. get exposed to it no matter what and once they if they know more about and like if they know what they can do that is wrong it's easier to for them to like make smarter decisions Um, yes so Mm -hmm. it needs to be spoken about way more and i was talking recently to mel about this there's a um a new disney channel show that like deals with like homosexuality uh depression and anxiety and it's like i think it's great for a disney channel to do that kind of a thing because it's like exposing everyone like if a kid is going through something they don't know what it is then that kind of helps them realize, oh, that's what it is, and like I can get help with it. Yeah, I
3: yeah, it my son is.
2: My son's going through that now. Um, puberty is very tough. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm um, learning. you know, I constantly reassure him that I'm there for him. I'm paranoid about um, teenage suicide. Um, yeah. I have a lot of friends that committed suicide growing up, and it is one of my biggest fears one of them (laughs) you develop a lot as you become a parent yeah and i just always let them know you know i'm here it's okay to feel that way Mm -hmm. you know it's okay i always let them know it's okay to feel that way come to me and talk to me yeah so that's incredible Mm -hmm. i have to look into that it's about time
1: yeah oh for sure i think like because a couple years ago there was a very tiny scene with someone coming to pick up like their daughter from a play and it was two mothers um And everyone freaked out because the Disney Channel did that. I'm like, that was such a small scene. And I think it was a step in the right direction because if someone's growing up with two mothers or two fathers or whatever, it's like they don't get any representation. And yeah, Disney Channel—that's like pretty much all a lot of kids. That's all they watch. So I think it, all that stuff is so important.
2: Oh, I do. I remember the first time. I think my son was about six, five or six, and there was two men holding hands, and he said, "Mom." why are they holding hands? And I said, well, they love each other. Oh, okay. And that <laughs> yeah. was it. Yeah. You know, and he yeah, has friends his who his, uh, have two moms and he has, and it's, uh, it's not even a thought. Right. It's, I, and I love it. It makes me smile. It makes me happy to see that he has no reaction towards that. And, and that is the same thing that my mom said to me in the eighties, which you never mm-hmm. saw that. And I remember I asked my mom because these two men they were holding hands and they kissed each other. And I said to her, "Mom, why are they doing that?" And she said, "Well, they probably just love each other." And I thought, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And then that was it. Yeah. You know, it's something mm-hmm. so simple.
1: Well, I think like yes. when you're growing up, to like the there's lots of things obviously that you're ignorant about that you don't know about, but. Uh, hate and like racism and homophobia, like, all that stuff i believe is like taught it's not like something you're born with that you just oh, hate sure. someone. like you don't. Know, there's all yeah. those photos of like people that are screaming at like the black lives matter protests and at like against it and there's kids in the car and they're screaming with them i'm like you're teaching these kids to be this way and that it's okay for them to be this way like, that's crazy because yeah. they would not have done this unless you taught them to do it they would have mm-hmm. just been like oh these are people that are setting up or something. I don't know. It's just messed up.
2: I had words. Um, you know, the people that hold signs for abortion, abortion, Mm -hmm. make it illegal and stuff. Um, uh, it was at Woodbine and Kingston road about a year ago and there was young kids holding the signs. And I looked at the parents and I said, how dare you? How dare you allow a child to hold a sign like this? That doesn't even understand it. Yeah you don't know I, and i would never say anything to them if it was adults yeah you have your your right to say what you need to say but when you involve children when they don't have an opinion that's yeah. not okay it's not mm-hmm. okay we you're need to teach it.
3: At young age.
2: exactly and it's becoming more and more again I'm oh for sure
1: and, and it's it like me. yeah it's it's really crazy like I also will never understand like racism and with like people of color like that makes no sense when someone who is a person of color hates another person of color I'm like whatever
3: yeah anyway, that that's
1: a completely different topic um
3: you that mentioned you we talk for
1: hours yes on- <laughs> yeah. um you mentioned uh you were a bartender um Mel I think said you're still a server currently or
2: uh no I lost my job March 1st
1: oh no because of the um, pandemic because uh, yeah
2: I was worked at a bar March for 11 years it was called The Salty Dog, and I'm a cardio kickboxing instructor, too. So everything mm-hmm. is on hold right yeah. now. <laughs> um, you know, I probably could look for a serving job, but being asthmatic, this virus scares me.
3: Uh, oh, for and, sure.
2: And yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I could ever be a bartender again. A server, yes, but a bartender, no. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to
1: ask, like, what, like, because Mel was saying that she she doesn't think she could have been a server bartender if that kind of a thing had happened to her I
2: felt you know to be honest with you I felt when when I did become it um I could stop people
3: Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. drinking
2: and driving um I remember I worked at this awesome restaurant called Chivid for years and that's
0: where you were working when I met you
2: yeah Deborah Bennett, um, the best woman, most incredible woman in the entire world, Um, she had a a strict policy. So if two people came and they had a bottle of wine um, and they wanted another bottle, we had to ask them if they were driving. Most of the servers felt uncomfortable about it. I didn't, you know, it was the way you approached it, one.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. And
2: I remember this one couple, they said, no, no, we're not driving. And I said, okay, great. Sure. I'll bring you another bottle of wine, you know? And I know people's tolerance are different. Some like mm-hmm. I can't one drink and I'm done. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I brought them the other bottle of wine and that, and they were just a lovely couple. They paid their bill. They, we had two levels. So they, they were up in the Juliet balconies and, and I was downstairs on the patio talking to a customer and they were leaving. So I said, bye. And, uh, and I heard, an alarm go beep beep. And I was like, what? And I looked and I saw them going to their car. So I ran over and I said, excuse me. And they said, yes. And I said, you told me that you weren't driving. And they said, Oh, well, we just decided we're okay. And I said, really, I would prefer it if you didn't drive home. I said here, you know, do you live close? And they said, yeah, we're not too far from here. I said, here's $20. Please take this and take Ah. a taxi. And they took the money. Right. And they said, okay, thank you so much. You know, and I walked back to the patio and they drove away in a car
3: and I called the
2: police on them. I told my boss and I said, she said, phone the police right away. I told them the license plate number and that, and it really made me realize that even the job that I'm doing, I I can't get into people's head just Mm -hmm. by saying that if I probably told them my story, they would have thought otherwise. The mm-hmm. fact they took my $20 though, like, come that's
1: on. <laughs> I worked hard for
2: that, you know? Yeah,
1: that's crazy. Uh,
2: but they got in their car thinking that they were okay because they didn't have the awareness of making proper judgment at that point. Yeah. After two drinks, your judgment and awareness become halted. Probably, yeah. Remember that commercial where they would put the glasses in front?
3: Yes. Uh, yep.
2: You know? And it was like, that's exactly how it becomes your judgment yeah. becomes faded out.
1: Yeah, we, uh, in high mm-hmm. school, when the, they, like, mad came to talk, and they had, like, drunk goggles that they made us wear. And like, this is, you can't walk, you can't see anything properly. Uh, yeah. And, like, there were people that, like, in high school, that, like, they shouldn't have been drinking, but they were like, this is literally how I feel when I'm really drunk. <laughs> and so it's like, this is why you shouldn't drive and yeah. do anything stupid like that.
2: And they don't mm-hmm. do it anymore, mm-hmm. which I don't get. Yeah. They don't come to schools anymore.
3: That's really And crazy. it's
2: becoming a big problem again. Like it's we shouldn't be hearing about this every few weeks like that somebody's been killed and a lot of times you don't even hear about it accidents are caused oh i wonder how that accident was caused you know i heard Mm -hmm. that there was uh recently three teenagers that were in a car accident in oshawa or something and somebody passed away you know and your first reaction was were they drinking Mm -hmm. were they texting were they high Mm
3: mm-hmm you know,
2: not, oh, well, did they lose control of the car? Right. Right away. Were they drinking? It's the first thing that somebody says when they see that. Well, if we're saying that,
3: there's clearly a problem. Not, yeah.
2: Yeah. Why are we not putting it out there? So I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know. Our government uh, with Ford and Trudeau and our, you know, Tory, like, they really need to start stepping up, man yeah I know that they have a lot on their plate, but they really need to start making a difference here
3: yeah there's yeah. so many
1: issues that need to be changed, they and do. it's like what it's like i i I, I could never be a politician to start off, but it's like what do you start with, and how do you make the changes accordingly like you know like what do you give the highest importance to I feel like that's yeah. a huge thing to like have to mm-hmm. figure out and,
2: and I and think this is the biggest the cool- one. I think so too because it's been an ongoing problem for decades and it does not seem to be getting better. And when I hear a 20-year-old kid, that's where it terrifies me because Mm -hmm. it's starting it all over again. It's starting that process over again, you know? How does that boy's parents feel? Mm -hmm. Did his parents teach him the right thing? You know, what's going on in their heads? why don't we hear from the people like that? You know, why don't yeah. we hear from the the person that killed those people or hurt those people? Why don't we hear from their family?
3: Yeah.
2: Their opinion on that, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't get it. I, I would have loved to have spoken to um, David, the gentleman who killed my mom. I would love to know how, I know his parents came to the funeral. I heard, um, And I know that they were big fans of my mom, but why did we never hear from them? Mm -hmm. Why did they never let us know? Mm -hmm. You know, why didn't, why didn't, why wasn't he the one to call and apologize? Why did it have to be my sister and I,
3: you know? Yeah.
2: Like, I just don't get it. And people are saying that Minuzo guy doesn't feel bad for what he did. Well, have you spoken to him? Have you asked him? Right have you thought of a way that we can rehabilitate him instead of just putting him in jail and making him a statistic
3: too? Yeah. You know,
2: maybe if we show the people that were the ones that killed them and had them speak, then they could realize and change it. You know, I, I don't know. There's just so many different things. What ifs, what can we do?
1: Yeah. It was, um, yeah. Your, uh, mom's boyfriend, David, you said his name, was, were they together for a long time? Like, was he kind of like a stepdad or was that like a new thing?
2: No, they had been together, uh, I think for maybe a few years. He was a big part, like he was there Mm -hmm. What I, I, I I don't really remember much, but, um, I know he had a young son Mm -hmm. that my mom adored, but my sister said that they were breaking up, but I don't know. No one tells me anything. (laughs) (laughs) I was young. I was 12. I was, you know, a child. My sister was 14. Um, Everyone hid everything from me growing up. I was the, you know, the emotional kid attached to my mom's hip. Uh, I never wanted to be away from her. So, and I remember actually about a a week before um, she was killed, uh, she was killed two and a half weeks after her birthday. Uh, We were in the car and we were talking about funerals for some reason. And I said, jokingly, well, I hope the first funeral I go to isn't yours. Oh,
3: Oh, man.
1: Oh my God. Uh First funeral Yeah. Um and have you you said you haven't spoken to him ever since like ever since No. Since? I
2: would love to because I, I want him to know that it didn't make us it that it still made me a, a good person. Yeah. I, I grew up as a good person. I would like him to know that. You know, I, I would like to know that It didn't that, break you? Yeah. I you know, I may be one of the few people in the whole wide world, but I just want him to know that we were okay. Right. You know, I I don't want him to live in that jail anymore. I I probably mm-hmm. one of the few people in this world that just can forgive people.
3: You know, makes a
0: lot of sense to me.
2: Yeah, you have to I'm, though. Like, um, I I think. Yeah. You know, I would love to see him again, but I have no idea where he is. I would like to see his son, you know, he's grown up and just to say, Hey, you know, it's okay. You know, what you did was wrong and, and what you did was not okay, but we're okay now. You know, Mm -hmm. still cry every day and you still have that feeling in your heart of the pain, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm okay. I survived and I'm a survivor and everyone else, will be a survivor you know i mm-hmm. sorry i had to put my phone in. i did want to end my life though mm-hmm. when i was young i tried to um but, yeah uh, that must have been
1: so difficult i can't imagine having to deal with that
2: yeah i wrote in a diary for a long time i remember i took a lot of pills but they just made me fall asleep and i woke mm-hmm. up you know and and i thought like i just thought if i You know, at a young age, I thought if I just slept for a little bit, I could see her, you know, or, or you think, because back in those days, it was all closed caskets. Mm -hmm. So you think to yourself, maybe, maybe she didn't die. Maybe I was just really bad and, and she just went away because she couldn't do it anymore. You know, you walk around the corner and Mm -hmm. you think you see her and, you know, for years that went on. And I think open caskets are important because it gives you closure.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you no, know, I
2: didn't. We didn't get that. And uh, I think that was a big part of it. you know. and I had to learn to become a woman on my own. Yeah, yeah. Have anybody to teach me how to shave my legs or buy a bra, you know, <laughs> like you had to, yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, I'm an adult, right? At 12 years old, your child is gone.
1: When you're going like, through puberty and it's like no one there to like help you, guide you through no, that. My
2: sister taught me, my sister shaved my legs for me for the Aww. first year and she taught me. I, I don't, like I am so lucky that I had my sister. I can't, I couldn't imagine I wouldn't have been able to do that. On, By yourself. Yeah. survive. My yeah. sister though, like in one of my posts, um I remember being at my grandparents' house. And it was probably the second or third day and wondering, why isn't my sister crying anymore? You know, like I remember seeing her when I was coming down the stairs and I was crying and she hugged me and I just thinking, why isn't she crying? You know? And I realized, um, she had to be my adult. She took over and was like, okay, I have to be, the parent now to my little sister and uh we developed such a strong incredible bond um i remember uh when we got kicked out of my aunt's house and we had to go back to get some stuff and bob marley everything's gonna be all right was our song and uh i remember going and packing my michael jordan sleeping bag and leaving you know at 15 but my sister was just always there for me always Mm -hmm. and she's an incredible human being and she's raising four incredible children but i can't imagine somebody on their own going through this Mm -hmm. like that husband who lost his family i i can't Mm -hmm. even imagine
1: how he's waking
2: up in the morning and i'm sure there's many kids out there
1: that still that are Mm -hmm. um that are still like that have gone through that at a young age and we haven't heard about them because it's not talked about enough
2: Yep. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, it, it was crazy. I had, a uh, incredible surreal moment the other day. Um, we uh, we have a cottage that we've rented for the season up north and I was kayaking. I, I said to my boyfriend, I have to go. It was on July 1st and I went for a three hour kayak yeah. and, and, uh, and I saw a loon and I was feeling so down that day, man. And I saw a loon and, I, and, that moment, I was like, "Man, if I could just see my mom one more time, just one more time, you know." And in my head, I said to the loon, "I'm a very spiritual person mm-hmm. so, to a point." And I said to the loon, "If if you come to me, that means I can see her one more time, you know. I promise, I won't take a picture. Just come to me. Excuse me." And in less than five minutes, that loon popped up next to my kayak, looked right at me, turned around. Look looked back and went in the water. And I felt just this surreal comfort, that moment. And I knew mm-hmm. it was her. And I knew that I was doing the right thing. And that's when I really have pushed this because I knew that was her telling me, you, you're, you're okay, you're doing it. And, yeah. and I'm proud, you know? And yeah. I knew it was her. And that's I amazing. bawled my eyes out. I'm in a kayak in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. Balling my eyes out like but not in a sad way in in just a way that is like i can't believe this just happened to me like and yeah. nobody's here to see this yeah. but it was just uh it was such an incredible moment of my life man and i'll just never ever ever forget that moment and i know that she's here and she surrounds me and and they say like if you lost somebody before your baby's born, that person gets to kiss them and hug them before they come to earth, oh. and mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in that. You know, and and I know yeah. my my mom used to come to my son when he was young
3: because
2: mm-hmm. one day I had a picture and he pointed and said, "Mommy, Grandma Susan."
3: Oh, so, wow.
2: Yeah. So I know that she's seen him and and been with him, and wow. I talk about her. I, I don't remember much about my mom i don't know if the memories i have for her are made up or what right. but i just remember her
1: they what
3: you being have an, so.
2: an incredible human wow just she was the mom to all our friends you know i i would come home from sports and walk into our house and our, all my friends are sitting at the table with my mom and we had we were poor and <laughs> She had a bucket of chicken on the table feeding all my friends, you know, the boy, the guys on her birthday showed up with a card, (laughs) you know, so she, uh, she made an imprint on a lot of people's lives. Even though I got, I only got 12 years with her. I always say to people, at least I got 12 years. Some don't even get that.
0: Yeah.
1: So
3: it's um... tough. You
1: mentioned you, your sister, and you said th- you had three of your best friends with you when you found out. Are you guys still really
3: close, all three of you? Um,
2: I have not seen them probably in thirty years, um, but we talk on a regular basis. Um, mm-hmm. my one friend, Tara Coho, uh, she just is such an incredible human man. Like, we lost contact for a while, mm-hmm. and um she had uh, some issues, uh, that she had to deal with, um, addiction issues. Um, and now she's just, uh, an awesome person. And she's been my best friend, God, for over 30 years. So I think the world of her, um, I think the world of her family, she I, I never realized, and, and, and maybe I was selfish in not realizing the impact that it made on those three girls' lives. Um, yeah. You don't realize, because you, you are selfish at that moment.
1: Well, I think um, you deserve to be.
2: Yeah, but, yeah, you know, it, it, it's hard, because we have all, will share that bond for the rest mm-hmm. of our lives you know, yeah. and I would love to see them. They're back in Windsor. It's hard for me to go back there um, because there's too many memories, but um I do want to go there and see them meet their children,
1: and, you know, yeah, and just
2: be a part of their lives. But we thank goodness for social media.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: because One of the we talk. many pros of it. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. As much as I hate it, yeah. I actually love it. <laughs> I know it's um, great. Yeah, so uh yeah, I remain in contact with them. Um you know, they have great memories of my mom that they remember and I don't. So, I love it because um they're the very few that will talk about her. My family doesn't talk about my mom. Oh. No one talks about her at all. So, mm-hmm. no one they even tell me that they can't look at my posts on Facebook because it's too hard and brings back too many memories, which I said, that's fine, but I have to, it's very tough to relive it, but I have to do it because I think it's the only way that you can get the point across is knowing day by day for the 38 days, um, that I, that she, you know, that I'm doing and I'll talk about it because um, I think it's important um, Mm -hmm. to relive so you can release, you know, and I think that we've held it in for so long and, uh. And I need to let it out. Yeah. So this is the way to let mm-hmm. it out.
1: Yeah. No. I agree. Do you think you would want to do this every year from now on?
2: Yep. I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna. After this, I'm gonna do something else, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I won't stop. I will. I will run until I'm dead yeah. to raise awareness for this. I. I won't stop doing what I'm doing. You know, after these 38 days, I'm gonna do another run towards it again but it will be something else you know yeah. but i'm not going to stop i uh i think that this is really opened people's eyes yeah. and uh, the yeah. reaction that i'm getting from people um it actually makes me smile for once and kind of fills my heart that hole that um never got filled so yeah. i think uh i think i'm going to make a change
1: yes i agree I think this so. Amazing and so courageous and
2: Thank you. selfless
1: to have to do all this.
2: It's uh, yeah. I think I'm, I, I, you know, it's funny because for a really long time I said to people, I think I'm put on this earth to make a change and yeah. I never knew what it was. And I think now I know what it is and I think I need to do this and I'm not going to stop. Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. And I, I, I really yeah. not going to stop, but it's never, ever, ever going to be about raising money. Never to me, because that's awareness. What
3: it's about.
2: I know that some people that have reposted my posts have put out donations for Mad. Um, it's great if people want to, but that's not what this is about. Yeah, anymore. and it's not about likes, and it's not about um, you know getting my picture out there and you know getting on the news or getting on this. It's about changing one person's life.
3: Yeah,
2: if you can change one person's life then you know mm-hmm. you've done something. yeah but i also don't
1: think that you should feel guilty or um weird if like you do get likes or get on the news or whatever because i think that that just gives it more exposure and more people will see it um, yeah yeah so, i've been
2: i my, i know my story um we just found out yesterday it was put on the news desk at city tv um i don't know if they'll pick it up but fingers
3: crossed that's awesome
1: mm-hmm.
2: i hope yeah um Yeah,
0: the the more people that you can get talking about it and just, like, to understand, I guess, where it is that you are coming from and why this is important to you, like, with your story. Yeah. Because I think that that's what people haven't been speaking about.
3: Uh Everyone
0: keeps quiet about the hard stuff. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if I have ever really been exposed to somebody's story is drinking and driving Mm -hmm. and like losing somebody I don't know if I've ever heard another story other than the woman who um who lost her
2: three children and father yeah yeah Yeah, like but even like I think like with her You know, I would love to know how she's doing and I would love to talk to her and I would love to sit in a room with people who drinking and driving have impacted to let them know you can smile. Mm -hmm. You can, you can live, you know, you can, you can go on with your life. I can't imagine losing a child. Um, My best friend lost her son uh, five years ago. Um, He was nine. He was killed and not by a drunk driver, but by his stupid drunk ass father who let him go on an ATV. Um, So I, you know, I know what she goes through, um, but I can't imagine like my aunt, my mother's sister losing her sister and my Nana losing her daughter and having to bury your own child because of a senseless act that could have been controlled. Yeah. You know, so I think that people do need to start putting their stories out and not just yes. saying, oh, I'm the victim of drunk driving and that's it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, don't hold it in, let it out. Speak your yeah. mind, speak, speak it because people are speaking for that woman that lost her children. Um, you know, all the time they're speaking for her. And yeah. I think yeah. she needs to start speaking more too, you know. I just can't. I would just love to hug her just yeah. to say it's going to be okay. You no, know, I just can't even imagine. Can't. Even. Like, I lost my mother, but I just I can't. I put myself in the positions of everybody that has lost somebody and I just to drinking and driving and I just think like, this just shouldn't happen. Three children should have not lost their lives because he's a rich guy and gets to party.
3: You know, oh but again,
2: the, the people that did do it um they have to live in their own jail the rest of their lives yeah so i don't know i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm doing and getting the word out and and yeah hopefully uh make some changes
3: yes
1: and we're gonna keep posting about it as well as much as we can
2: i really appreciate it i really do i really do like i just when every morning when i wake up and i and i and I go for my run, and then I post my posts, and, and I have a few minutes of, you know, I got to take a deep breath, and, and I'm doing this for the right reasons. And, mm-hmm. and, and then when I see all these people sharing the posts or commenting on them, and I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I don't want, yeah, you know, I, I remember uh, <laughs> there's I, the, the wake, and I remember sitting on a couch. and two of my school teachers were sitting next to me and I remember people coming up to me saying, I'm so sorry. And I just kept saying, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And then I remember looking at, at my teacher, who's Pilong and saying, why do people keep saying I'm sorry? Why are they sorry? You know, I couldn't understand why, why they're sorry. I'm 12 years old. You know I, I can't comprehend it. You know, and she just said to me, "Sweetheart, they're they're just feeling sad for you." And I, and I said, "I don't want people to feel sad for me." Right. You know, I, I I didn't want that. I didn't want the people whispering and talking about us, and it made me angry. I understand now why why they did it. I understand. I try not to say sorry when people won't lose somebody, but it, it's a hard thing
3: to mm-hmm.
2: you know. Yeah. You know, I always just say I. I hope you can find peace in your heart that's my saying mm-hmm. you know because that's what you need is you yeah. know like, i'm sure melissa when your dad passed you you had to find that you had to find that peace in your heart again knowing oh, i'm yeah. a big believer that we'll see them again you know um i'm not religious i'm spiritual but i do believe that we mm-hmm. will
3: see them again
2: 100 percent. you know mm-hmm. and for eight eight years after my mom died we lost a family member every year in the Um, summer it became like after my mom died my uncle died a year later then my great grandmother died then my grandfather died um then mm -hmm. i had a friend who committed suicide i had another friend that committed suicide it was like eight years it was the summertime came and you were like oh god you weren't excited you know Mm -hmm. um but it makes you a stronger human
3: yeah. Oh my
2: god Yeah. Crappy stuff usually does make you strong. <laughs> it truly yes. does. It's
3: true. It
2: truly does, you know? And uh I think that we need to uh be strong and be happy. Yeah. And um show people that you can still smile.
3: Mm hmm.
2: You know, that's what yeah. you gotta do. You gotta keep going. You know, it's been yes. thirty two years and you I'm sure you when I mean, when the anniversary of your dad's death comes around that week is really tough. And it's the buildup of that week. You don't realize mm-hmm. it. And then all of a sudden you're like, why am I feeling so down and irritated and irritable? And you realize, Oh, okay, this is why, you know, it's your subconscious, but you just got to yeah. live their memories and smile. You know? Mm-hmm.
0: no, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it's, I think that what you're doing is really great, and, like, I think that she would be so proud that you have taken such a horrible tragedy and turned it into something great, and mm-hmm. in a way, given her life and death meaning through mm-hmm. doing this,
2: and, yeah, like, I... your all as well. Thank you. I want her memory to live, you know? Susan... Susan Bones was an amazing woman. She was kind, caring, you know, she just happy, like just an amazing, beautiful, strong woman um, who raised two children on her own and uh, never asked for a penny. And I want that memory of her to live on that, you know, um, even though she's not here, in form, she's still here in spirit and I know that she would want me to make a change. I know it. So mm-hmm. it took me 32 years to figure it out, but geez man, I'm really mm-hmm. aging myself. <laughs> 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 but uh I think as we get older it gets harder to deal with and having children ourselves. Um you know you, you want to stop that cycle. Yeah. you know i i want my son to grow up knowing his friends and being with his friends forever and not having to go to another funeral mm-hmm. um of of a friend you know that lost their life from stupidity and i know unfortunately you know it's probably gonna happen and i think that that's where i need to start making a
1: change yes and i think like we mentioned earlier too like it's just all the quote unquote taboo things that we don't talk about need to be spoken about more because it's just part of life and there's no point in hiding it because then the kids and like adults even that go through it don't know how to deal with it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's when suicide and depression gets worse. Um, and you know, like back then you never talked about PTSD. Right. And um, we're all victims of PTSD and I have fears every time. I get into a car, uh, but I have to get into that car. I have to drive that car. You know, I have to leave my son at times. My son has to go on his own. I have a massive fear of death.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
2: it developed at, actually before I, before my mom died, but, um, it's scary, but you know, you can't change the inevitable.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I think that there's a plan for all.
3: Oh,
1: sorry. You went mute. I think your mic turned off.
2: Sorry, my son, um, my son was calling me. Oh, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, we have to change the cycle. And
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm here to do.
1: Yeah, and I totally, like, in a very different way. I, I Last year, I uh, got into a car crash, not because of anything related to alcohol. But um, I, like, to this day, like, will still, like, be scared sometimes to get into the car, fest, especially if it's, like, even raining a little bit or if it's like yeah kind of bad weather because it wasn't the rain that had happened i just lost control of the car um so i can't imagine like losing someone like that and then like being afraid or nervous to get into a car because of that yeah yeah
2: i got into a a car accident um uh i think about over 15 years ago and uh whoa that Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. intense man because uh, i had i was rushed to the hospital but it was like that instant it was like my mom's memory flashed in my head um realizing thank goodness she didn't suffer you know Mm -hmm. her heart the seatbelt broke her bone and it pierced her heart so she died instantly so she had no idea what even happened um
3: but being in that car
2: accident, man, yeah, it really does. And that's when I was like, okay, I got to get back into the car and
3: drive. Mm-hmm. I wasn't
2: driving, but it's scary and it's fearful. And I was um, injured for two years, but um, you, yeah, you got to get back on the horse. Yeah. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you just want to survive.
1: Yeah. So, you can't just like live your whole yeah. life in fear.
3: Of, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If what we did, is a life? We'd be hibernating in our rooms and not yeah. leaving. <laughs> and, exactly.
1: Which we had to do for three months basically.
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I head back up north tomorrow,
1: so um any other questions that we had that we needed to ask Mel? No, we, we
0: have I think we've covered everything.
1: Yeah and like
0: awesome. thank you so much for sharing yes. your story with us and for being so open
1: and talking about Oh everything.
2: very well. Thanks for your support. I really appreciate of course.
1: it. Um, And
2: uh, I hope to see you and talk to you guys soon again.
1: Yes, I hope to meet you in person soon.
2: (laughs) Yes, I would love that.
1: Um, Thank you so much once again for this. Hopefully we get the word out to a few other people. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you guys. You take care. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.